0: Welcome to Catch Outdoors. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modis. Catch Outdoors is presented by the Waypoint Podcast Network at waypointtv.com. I have a couple books available on Amazon Kindle, Bridge to Paradise, a book of short stories, some of my travel writing, fun stuff, actually. (laughs) Also, what I know about fishing southwest Florida. If you live on that coast or you're planning to visit the Sanibel-Fort Myers area for a little fishing, you should check it out. Book three is in the works. As a working title, it's actually they've narrowed down the title a little more. Now it is "Take a Kid Fishing," a guide for introducing youngsters to the world of angling. Yep, looking forward to getting that one out, getting it finished uh, soon to be Amazon and bookshelves, uh, probably by late summer. This is episode forty-four, titled "ICAST 2022 Orlando, Florida." Wow! I'll start with what exactly is ICAST. For those that don't know, um, well, great many fishing people know all about it. So, outdoor folks in in particular, but but it is about fishing. Uh, first of all, the name stands for International Convention of Allied Sport Fishing Trades, and is short for it's shorted to ICAST. Uh, it's the largest recreational fishing trade show in the world, um, by thousands. <laughs> It's pretty crazy, actually. Um, uh, only folks uh, that are permitted to attend are exhibitors, buyers, retail, wholesale, manufacturers, reps, and media. Um, the people responsible for putting on ICAST are the uh, American Sport Fishing Association. So those are the people that put this whole thing together. Um, it's, it's really kind of neat. Um, it started... The first time I went to it was in Vegas years ago. And before that, they traveled from spot to spot. As a matter of fact, early on back in the 80s, I believe it started out in uh, Louisiana, uh, New Orleans. And so, you know, it's moved around. But at at one point when I started to attend, it flipped. It went, I'm sorry, it went to Vegas all the time. So you traveled to Vegas for the show. I'm not sure what the determination was, where the determination or who determined that it really shouldn't be out there all the time because there's an enormous amount of people who fish the Eastern coast. And obviously there's an enormous amount of retailers and wholesalers from the East side. So they decided to flip it back and forth for a while between Vegas and Orlando. And now years later, it has landed permanently in Orlando. Um, and I honestly don't know why <laughs> I can't explain that one either. Uh, there is rumor that it might start flipping again between two cities, one in the West and one in the East. But I, as of right now, it's always Orlando. Um, for me, this was really a special show. It's the first time I'd been back in probably four or five years. I can think back to 18. I, I, I might have been there in 17. Not real sure about 18. 19, no. I know we were moving and a lot of crazy stuff was going on in my in, personally for me. Uh, 20 was COVID. 21 was COVID part two. Now I call that part two because for for great big organizations and great big conventions, people had really scaled back during 2021. So there wasn't much of one and I did not go. I didn't go to 2021. So 2022 comes along. To say it was big is again, one of those understatements. It it was absolutely um, gigantic. Um, One thing I like to point out is that um, there's always some flack from the fishing public about their not being able to attend this show. I think they view it as a fishing show or as a boat show or an outdoor sporting show. It's not. This show is actually for um, only for retailers, merchants, um, the press. Uh, things like that. It it is, it's a show off of what's coming. Um, and nothing is for sale there other than to wholesalers and retailers. So in other words, if you walked in as an individual, you can't buy anything there. Um, all you can do is Google it and pray to goodness you get to see it soon. Um, and it's so crowded now with the merchants and the retailers that they just don't have the room to start doing it as a, as a standard show. Um, so I kind of wanted to get that out there because I keep hearing a lot of flack about that and that's not entirely fair. Um, you can get in if you're a, if you're a fishing guide, you know, and you're and you're licensed and registered as a fishing guide, or you have a charter company and you are incorporated. You can get in. Uh, so there are some, there is some leeway for some people. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, podcasters like myself, although I also write and stuff. But writers, podcasters, and influencers are, get into the show. Um, I know sometimes influencers are kind of poo-pooed. They're like, uh, oh, they just Instagram or oh, they just YouTube or whatever. Well, when you got a hundred thousand people listening to you at one time, That's called an influencer. (laughs) And you get into the show as part of media if you're if you're in that vein to where you really you contact, you you make contact with tons of people out there of like interest. So for example, if you're doing YouTube stuff on fishing and you have an an enormous audience, then obviously you will get in. So, but it's not a show for the individual fisher person to walk off the street and go see. And I know that drives some people crazy, but The items at the show are typically stuff that we're not going to see on shelves or released to the public until... Oh, at the very earliest Christmas time, and a lot of times it's next spring is when things really start to roll. So, some things will come out immediately. I don't, I'm not going to say all of it doesn't, but but this product is generally is showed off now in the summer as we start to move into the wintertime and, of course, into spring fishing, which is huge up north. Florida's kind of year-round, but up north uh, spring fishing is really, really big. But that's, that's the focus of this show, and I, I kind of wanted to make that clear right off the bat. ICAST once again stood out as the top sport fishing industry's largest business event. Um, (laughs) Like I said, by a landslide, more than 12,000 representatives from global recreational fishing industry were in attendance. Um, There was also an enormous attendance of media, which I'm fortunate to be a part of, uh, to tell the story about what went on there. And uh, it's, it's, you'd have to Again, it's it's something that I I wish everyone could see. Now, here's an important point. You can, because of the influencers and because of podcasters and and because of, of lots of media channels, a lot of the show is shown. Now, podcasters like myself, all you can do is hear what I'm about to talk about and have to imagine in your head what it looks like. And same thing with radio. But when you get into television, and especially YouTube-style TV, um, you're going to get to see an awful lot of video that was shot at the show. Everywhere I went, there were production companies with cameras taking pictures of some of the latest and greatest. Don't be afraid to venture out there onto YouTube and places if you're interested in a product. And the product categories are huge. Everything, I mean, for me personally, kayaks and fishing, things like that. But there's also outdoor clothing, sunglasses. There are products like, um, oh, you know, like Yeti and cups and, 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 Hats and scarfs, and you name it, everything you could possibly think of was at this show. There was also an, a, a very good showing of um, environmental uh, what's happening in fishing, what can be done to make fishing better, what can be done to make uh, places and things that are having trouble uh, with water quality and stuff better. So, all that is included in this show as a, as a way to getting out to the media and getting out to retail is the importance of carrying on fishing and, and making fishing as good as we can for everybody. The show this year uh was comprised of 73 countries were represented there all 50 states along with puerto rico so that just kind of gives you an idea you know how big this thing really was and this is cool um the show awards uh puts out awards for categories so there's a special area a new product area um, it's eyes only kind of place. It's nice to be media. You get in if you're media, but uh, long story short, there are hundreds and hundreds of items that are coming out that do not have boxes for them yet. They have not designed a packaging of any kind, but they display these with, uh, numbers and descriptions on them of what's coming. And then we, uh, media as well as some of the retailers can go in and vote on what they think is the most interesting items of all in each category. After that's done, they pick one item that wins best of show. And in this case, best of show in the new product co- category was an, a new idea, pretty much born in a 10 by 10 booth. In other words, he did not have the most giant display like all the other big manufacturers out there had at this show. Um, and it had a, it's an interesting uh, case point, basically. Um, the best, uh, let's see, I'm going to pull up the name here for you. Out of 565 exhibitors, Packback, that's the name of the company, P A C B A K, all one word. Um, and their founder, Brian McKinnon, focused on something that I find really interesting, which was what, this is how Best of Show winds up. It's not necessarily the big, you know, the big St. Croix and the and the and the, and the Hobies and the, and the Costa Sunglasses and Yeti. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Sometimes it's that little guy that comes up with an amazing idea. And in this case, it was how to keep your catch fresh in the backcountry for camping, for traveling. Um, and he came up with a cooler idea and attached to it was a vacuum pack i mean it sounds so simple but those of us that work in fish and have cut fish and we fillet them the fillets a lot of times get put into a thing called a vacuum packer it's a sealer and they go into your freezer and that keeps it absolutely fresh no air gets in there too to and the, and you don't get the little icicles and things like that when you put fish into a freezer he came up with a way to do this backcountry out in the woods camping and it was and it was I saw. I mean, I was just like, why in the world didn't anybody else think of this? And he won Best of Show with it. There's a whole big story about this guy. Uh, tragedy turns good. Uh, you, you might want to go back and read all this stuff. It's really pretty amazing. So look up Packback, P-A-C-B-A-K. P-A-C-B-A-K. Uh, that's the name of the company. And the founder is Brian uh, McKinnon. And check out the story about this guy. Other things that were awarded during the show were like soft and hard coolers. There were backpacks. There were boning accessories, boats and watercraft footwear, ice fishing gear. Okay, I know in Florida you're probably not terribly interested in that. But those of you that travel back and forth between Florida and way up north, you might be. There was all kinds of eyewear, uh, apparel for men and women and children, uh, fishing combos, rods, reels, uh, electronics oh my gosh there were tons of electronic companies there cutlery and pliers things like that um kids tackle something i was interested in the book i'm i'm working on right now is about taking kids fishing and teaching them to fish so i made quite a few stops in quite a few places and looked at a lot of um really great gear designed around kids so the the show itself is really something there were lots and lots of of, of Awards given, lots of new product out there. I'm going to be talking about another one here in just a minute, and I really, I once again, I enjoyed it. I love being there. I love seeing all my old friends, colleagues, guides, uh, people that I have worked with over the years, and it was really great to to get out again into the public and and see these folks. Now, before I take you into the products, I'm going to do something real quick. I, there's a special report released in 2022, and this report's done by the Outdoor Foundations. Um, it uh basically it's numbers, but I found it fascinating and I thought I'd relay it to you to show you how important fishing is to the state of Florida. 52.4 million Americans went fishing in 2021. That's an increase of almost five percent over twenty nineteen. Three point seven million first time participants went fishing. That's four million people went new people went fishing. Forty three of three percent of those were women, and a number that I find important. Youth anglers, ages 6 to 17, fishing in 2021, 12.9 million new anglers in the youth category. That's a 14% increase over 2019. So whoever you are out there that you took your kid fishing this past year, congratulations and thank you very much. The fishing industry uh, should be grateful for that. Okay, you've waited long enough. Let's get into this stuff, this, some of the hardware stuff. I have enough probably to do a whole nother show just to let you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll cover what we can. I'm a fly fisherman. I most folks know that. I do both fly and spin. I love them both. I try to share them equally when I can. It just A lot of it depends on where I am and what I'm fishing for. But if I can put a fly in front of a, a big tarpon, that's probably my end-all, be-all. Um, uh, back in the day, uh, my grandfather had a lot of fly fishing equipment and was pretty much, I'd say, instrumental in my understanding fly fishing and, and wanting to do it, to learn how to do it. And he had he had gear uh, back from the 30s, 40s, and 50s that was primarily manufactured by two companies, Orvis, which was here in the United States, and Hardy, which was made over in England. And Hardy was the reels that he typically used, Orvis was the rods. And uh, I'm fortunate that in my collection, I actually have a few pieces of that gear, but um, Hardy now recently just made a push back into the fly fishing and back into, uh, I mean, dramatically doing what they have done in freshwater for a long time all over the world. They are suddenly addressing this 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 saltwater competition, if you will, or, or entering the saltwater competition. They've got these reels. They're called the Fortuna Regents. Fortuna, tuna, or F O R T U N A region, and they are they're very typical looking. They're those open face the reels that have uh, lots of neat cuts in them, large arbor to small arbor. Um, the arbor meaning the center of the reel, how large it is, how much line it can hold, and how fast you can actually reel it back in. They're absolutely beautiful. The price points in these are pretty much in the in line with all other high-end reels, which means they're going to be over $700 and close to $1,000 for the top-end reels. They've got a whole bunch of different size. They have 8 weight, 10-12s. Um, so they can pretty much cover the, the eights are very typical in saltwater fishing for almost all around fishing. And then when you get to 10 larger fish, uh, some people fish tens for tarpon. I don't, I'd rather use an 11 or 12, uh, but the, but the sizes are there. The design is beautifully done. And I have to say this, if it's made by Hardy, you know, it's going to be quality. It's going to be really, really good. Um, so I was impressed. I I walked around a corner and the first thing I saw was a display. Of the old style Hardys that I was familiar with that my grandfather used. And I thought, what's that doing here? And then I realized that that was just part of their show, just to, to show you their history. And on another shelf for these brand new reels. So be sure to check out the new Hardy stuff. Uh, I would probably, you know, check with your, your fly fishing retailers. You might go online and look up Hardy reels. If you're in the market for a really nice, quality, high, high end uh, fly reel, I would certainly check them out this is going to be tough to describe, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Mustad has gone, uh, into a joint venture with, um, live target. And for those of you that fish a lot, you already know what live target is probably some of the most amazing artificial lures on the market. Um, uh, No, they probably are the top of our, I don't know, you know, I fish a lot of lures, but these are more hard bait with soft bodies. So in other words, they're not like your typical, uh, uh, you know, soft bait all over soft bait, but they, but they are, they're, they're soft outside, but they're shaped like an artificial lure and they've been around for a while now and people have really started to jump on the bandwagon with those, um. But Mustad is a hook manufacturer um, from over, I believe it's Holland. Don't hold, don't hold me. Down. I'm pretty sure that's where they're from. Is Holland, and they have been around for a very long time. Anybody that has fished for decades knows about Mustad hooks. Um, and what they've done now is, is they've upped the ante. They have worked very, very hard to compete with the gamagachis, the Daiichi's, the owner hooks, things like that that have been on the market and are are, are toted as like some of the best hooks you can buy. Um, What Mustad did that I thought was interesting, not only are they making sharper, finer hooks, uh, more categories of hooks, in my world of saltwater, some very large hooks for sharking. Uh, for tarp and fishing things like that but one of their offset hooks made a fairly substantial change that I saw and it's going to be hard for me to describe but those of you that fish offsets will know what I'm talking about an offset hook is that funny looking J hook that's got the L shape at the beginning of it and it's used specifically in soft plastics typically in a long um, a worm a worm hook like for freshwater fishing um, or it'll be it'll be in a a, 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 a jigging type bait um, soft plastics, stuff like that. Um, zoom, zoom baits is another good example. The difference between the Mustaz new hook and everything else that I, that I handled and messed with at the show of the same genre, uh, is that the hook point on theirs no longer lines up with the actual, um, eye of the hook. The eye of the hook on every other offset is in line with the the actual tip of the hook itself, the point of the hook. So it's kind of a straight line. And what they did is they moved it a little bit. They bent it just a little bit so that the hook is not directly in line with the tip. And the reason for that is pretty obvious when you start playing with it. If you rub your hand gently over the top of one of these offset hooks from eye to the hook itself to the back, it will slide across. So you basically miss the tip. And the argument there was a lot of fish missed the tip because of that, because of its its alignment. And so they've offset it just a bit. So the offset is offset. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. The front of the offset is bent just a little bit to make the tip a little higher, the tip of the rod, the, the tip of the uh, uh, hook, the point, a little higher. So when a fish bites it, it doesn't have any interference from other parts of the hook itself. Brilliant. It really is brilliant. I messed with it, and I thought, wow, I can't. Again, it's another one of those things. I say this often. In fishing, when you go to a show like this, you're like, how can there be thousands of new inventions? How can there be thousands of new ways to do something? And there always are. People are always thinking up another way or a better way to go about it. Now, while I was at Mustad, of course, I had to be shown the brand new series from uh, Live Target, and those were <laughs> ridiculously amazing. There was a shrimp, and of course, yeah, me and shrimp. There was a crawdad, and uh, I love the crawdads. If you freshwater fish, uh, even in Florida, anywhere, really, um, crawdads live under rocks, and they're they're very common uh, for freshwater fishing. And then, and then the frogs. Uh, I'll start with the shrimp and the crawdad. I guess the biggest change I saw, and of course, I have been preaching this. I wrote it in my book, uh, "What I Know About Fishing, Southwest Florida." Um, it drives me crazy that a great many shrimp on the market are hooked by the head, and what a lot of anglers do is they will take the hook out and reverse it so it's hooked by the tail. Now, let me explain. Uh, for those of you that haven't read the book, shame on you. Um, the shrimps don't shrimp don't walk forward. Uh, and crawdads barely do. But when they're startled, what do they do? They hop backwards. They, they jet out of the way by using their tail. So the, the, the motion that you really want out of a shrimp is it going backwards. You want a little... When you snap the tip of the rod or just give it a little tiny bump, you want that shrimp to look like a real shrimp. You want it to move backwards. So... Live Target has built a shrimp and a crawdad with a hook in the rear. So it, I was—I know it's a simple thing, like I said, but it makes all the difference in the world. And they had an aquarium tank set up to show this off. And it was it was blatantly obvious. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. So that was pretty cool. The frog. Oh, my word. You have to see the frog. The frog, um, I think if you go on Live Target, you can get a, a live... Uh, video off of that. I think it goes to YouTube and actually shows the frog in action in a tank. Um, Beside the fact that it looks exactly like a frog, which is frightening, (laughs) right down to all the colors, it has legs on the back that are actually capable of movement. I'm not talking about moving with water current. I'm talking about hinged legs. These legs will actually move up and down the body just like like hips, like a hip joint, if you will. Um, So when you pull on the frog in the water, the legs slightly extend. And when you let go, the legs spring back into position just like a frog does. I don't know about you all, but I know the fish that I go after uh, that'll be interested in that in freshwater will absolutely kill this thing. Now, one of the detriments of that, and it was pointed out while all of us were standing around gawking at this thing, the legs are soft plasticky rubber. They've got a lot of stretch in them. They're pretty durable, but they're obviously going to get chewed off. Somebody's going to bite a leg off, and and now what are you going to do with an eleven, twelve, thirteen dollar lure? Well, the good news is the legs pop off. There's a little pin that holds them on, uh, kind of like, like the like the uh, the point on these jig heads. You know, the little the little um, uh, what do I call it? The 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 barbs, the barbs. Um, so you can pop it off and pop another leg back on. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, they really have worked on this thing. So please check it out. Check out Live Target. Go see their, those three new things. They, they'll they be able to. Now, remember, this stuff is not out now. You ain't going to be able to buy it now. You're only going to be able to get a look at it, and, and your mouth's going to water, and you're going to rub your hands together. But you're going to have to wait for it to, to go out onto the market. And when it does, I guarantee you those three items are going to be very hot sellers for Live Target. Next on the list, this company is called Blue Three. B-L-U, the number three, blue three. Um, they have come up with something that, I, well, it it got me <laughs> right off the bat. Janelle and I are both um, certified divers, and we also love to snorkel, so we do both, and... Um, the, the snorkeling part of it is something that we both enjoy near shore, especially here in Fort Lauderdale where we dive off the beaches, and we are soon going to be winding up in Key Largo. Uh, we moved to Key Largo, as a matter of fact, in August. So um, if you haven't heard that already, surprise! Um, we, we are very excited about that. Snorkeling is a huge thing in the Florida Keys, um, and Blue has come out with a very simple battery-powered diving device, if you will. Picture something that floats on the surface. Uh, Oh gosh, it's hard for me to say size. It's about uh, like a a really about the size of two milk jugs, you know, one gallon milk jugs surrounded by um, soft, uh, like a rubbery, uh, like what what, um, life jackets are made of, that kind of a a material. And in that is basically a little um, pump, if you will, that creates air. And on top of that's a dive flag. And then there's a 40 foot hose and it goes down to a regulator that goes in your mouth. You wear your own mask, your fins, and guess what? You can dive to about 30 feet of water with air coming from above. You don't need a tank. Um... It, it was really cool. That's all I can say. It's really, really cool. You, you Basically, as their brochure says, the simplicity of snorkeling meets the thrill of scuba diving. And that's really what it's all about. Um, most of our, our, our uh, snorkel type stuff, we're in 28 to 30 feet of water. That's where the really beautiful reefs tend to be, uh, especially the, the reefs that are uh, bordering from south, south Florida on the East Coast all the way around to the Florida Keys. And this is an ideal uh, piece of gear for this. There are two um, models. There's a little one called the Nemo, and then there's the Nomad. The Nemo only has a max depth of 10 feet. Runtime is about 60 to 90 minutes. It weighs 10 pounds. Uh, the other one, the Nomad, uh, has a max depth of 30 feet. Now, that's measuring on the 40-foot hose now. they got to have a little leeway here. Runtime, uh, 45 to 60 minutes, and the weight of that one's 15 pounds. It's a pop-in battery everything is waterproof. Everything is saltproof. That's even more important. Uh, and you can buy extra batteries for it. But I have to tell you, if you're going to go down for 45 minutes or so, that's a long time, uh, of snorkeling, uh, underwater with a, with a regulator and all. But I, I was just totally intrigued by this retail pricing on it's going to be somewhere. The basic, the smaller unit around $1,300, the big unit, for uh, 1999 $2,000, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if you are a hardcore snorkeler or if you're out doing for example we're we're running into mini season right now lobster mini season is happening this week this wednesday and thursday um and those are two huge days that people go out and get to pre hunt for the caribbean lobster the florida lobsters before the season actually opens up in august this would just be an ideal thing to do that with i can't imagine i can't imagine much anything better uh so Check that out. I mean, if you're a snorkeler and you like to get out there and you like to do snorkeling, especially in the Florida Keys, this might be the item for you. I have long recommended quality sunglasses. And in the realm of quality sunglasses has long been, you know who, Costa. Costa glasses are renowned. They are around the neck on chains and sitting up on top of hats (laughs) <laughs> and being worn by almost every single fishing guide in the country they just that's just the way they are the recently they've had competition from smith optics just like it sounds smith s-m-i-t-h they were at the show too they have dozens and dozens of fantastic models and i'd say that these two sunglass manufacturers are heavily in competition with each other um, and both are quality gear but uh, but Back in the day when I started guiding, yes, I'm old, <laughs> 25 years or so ago, when we started playing around in the Florida Keys fishing and stuff, I bought myself a pair of glasses made by a company called Ocean Waves. Ocean Waves was at the time, I guess it's what Costa has become. Ocean Waves was just the it, you went to them to get your you get your sunglasses, quality sunglasses. They're back. I was stunned. Uh, they started back about a year ago. Long story short, they were doing great. They had some, I guess, what we would call internal issues. It had to do with family. Uh, somebody dropped out. I, I believe somebody actually passed away. Um, perhaps, I think the story I heard, now don't hold me to this. This is all, I won't, I won't say it's a rumor, but it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, the young people in the family weren't interested in carrying, carrying the torch, I guess. And all of a sudden, a year ago... Um, it was decided to bring back Ocean Waves. They still had their plans. They still had the materials. They still had the, um, the science behind the lenses that they were using. And I, I, so, of course, I went right by the booth. I, I, before I left the house to go up there, I told you, now I'm going to go buy Ocean Waves. I've got to go see what this is about. Now, you're going to have to be around a while for you to even know what this is. So if, if you're a young guide or if you're in your 20s or 30s, there's a good chance you have no idea who this company is. Uh, They're made in Florida, up near Jacksonville. Um, I believe it's uh, Atlantic Beach. They're made up in Atlantic Beach. And they have come back out with... um I won't call it a limited line. It's exactly what you need. Um, They sell the green, you know, and the amber lenses that are for inshore and um, a backcountry tan and water. They have the offshore blue glasses. I think what makes them special, though, is this they use a layered lens. The color of the lens, the mirror, is between two pieces of glass. And somehow they manage to do that in a way that makes it tremendously light. One of the biggest problems you have with sunglasses on the market right now is you almost have to have a plastic lens, polycarbonate, they like to call it. I call it plastic. But when you have a plastic lens, that's fine around freshwater. But in salt water, where you have salt spray, which of course leaves what on your glasses? Salt when it dries. If you start to rub that off with your shirt, tail, or a cloth, you rub salt in, and salt is like sandpaper, and it easily scratches the lens. Um those same companies make glass. Costa and, of course, Smith make glasses, but they're heavier, uh, and admittedly so. Somehow, Ocean Waves has come out with a glass, and I put them on. I wore them. <laughs> I tried them in the booth. They are extremely lightweight. And what you can do is the guys at the demonstration took them off my face, turned it around, and started banging on the front of the glass with a key, just doing his best to scratch it. Nothing. Could not hurt it. I was pretty blown away. And again, I was an old fan, so I'm going to certainly look into this. I'm not saying I know I have lots of Costa pairs. I'm like every other guy or retired guy or boat person out there, but I'm going to check them out. And I would highly check uh, highly recommend that you look into these if you're if you're in the uh market for a high-end pair of, of sunglasses. When I say high, end I'm talking $200 or higher. Uh, for glasses. I also asked the ocean waves people, they do prescription as well. So if you're looking for a prescription pair of sunglasses, they have that available too. This uh, podcast is going to run long. (laughs) I'm already at 30 minutes. Ah, what the hell, right? Okay. Plum Island Soap Company. Why am I talking about a soap company in the middle of this (laughs) podcast about fishing stuff? Because they make soaps, special soaps for men and women. There's a lot of stuff in there that the ladies are going to like. What struck me when I stopped by the booth was, first of all, the enthusiasm of the two gals that worked in there, but also the fact that they actually make a product called the man can. <laughs> it's a, It basically looks like a paint can or, or a pail, and in it they have all of their stuff that's Oriented toward men, uh, most of us are left out when it comes to custom-made, handmade soaps from all around the world. And the, you know, like Naples Soap Company, all these different companies that are, and they're all. Don't get me wrong; these are quality companies, and they're great soaps. Men are left out. We have to wind up with flowery stuff. We have to wind up smelling like lavender or something. We don't want to smell like that. So <laughs> at least I don't. So they have a complete collection of soaps. Uh, body things, ointments, stuff like that designed for men. So please check them out. It's called the Plum Island Soap Company, P-L-U-M Island Soap Company. I love kayaks. I use Hobie kayaks. I'm very fond of them. Hobie brought out a new kayak, the Mirage Passport R Series. What this is all about is it uses the, um, um, what they call the roll technology or roll molding technology, um, how can I put this? You can't see it on a podcast. It's harder. It's less chance of puncturing. It's really an amazing product. Um, It's in line with the Outback. It has the pedal system, but comes very standardized. In other words, what they're trying to do is get the price point down so just about anybody can jump into a pedal kayak. So it does not come with reverse, but you can add that. You can add the pedals that have forward and reverse. I think what's important to mention about the passport, the R-series passport, is this an introductory Model available in two different sizes, I believe it was 10 and 12 feet. And it's to get you out there to get you to try the passport uh, or to get you to try the Hobie with the pedals on board. I saw lots of other pedal craft, and some of them are very, very interesting. But the Hobie to me, I I don't know, there's just something about it that I enjoy a lot. Um, It's very stable, it's easy to fish from, it's easy to pedal. Once you get it moving, as you start it, it'll just coast. I mean, it really has a pretty good glide ratio for when you stop pedaling it. Um, But um, there are two new ones available. They're called the Passports uh, in the R-Series. Be sure to check those out if you are out kayak shopping. I got two more things in the line of kayaks. One of them is going to be easy to talk about because I'm not going to go into all the details. There is a company out there, and if you're a kayaker, you're probably aware of Yak Attack yakutac has been around for a while. They have a brand new product catalog that's come out for 2223. Um this thing is it's got to be 100 pages thick. I'm holding it in my hands, and let me let me turn to the back here. See, we're at 69, 70 pages, 70 pages in this Cadillac, in the catalog. <laughs> yeah, the Cadillac of Catalogs all everything that you could ever want as an accessory for a kayak is in this thing yakatech makes quality product i love their rod holders really crazy about it they've also got terrific holders for electronics like your sonar um gpss and things like that they have light attachments uh, what else have I seen? Uh, oh, cell phone holders, uh, GoPro. Oh my gosh. They've got all kinds of GoPro holders for uh, extenders. Um, you know, things for selfies while you're self filming yourself, stuff like that. So be sure to check it out. Yak attack has really made the push to just kind of, uh, beat out everybody else <laughs> when it comes to accessories and their accessory. I want to say this, the accessories are quality, quality goods. Last but not least in this thing, and I may do more next week. I may pick up something that I've missed or not talked about. There's a product called Bixby, B-I-X-P-Y, and this is also designed for kayaks. This is an inboard-outboard motor. (laughs) Yeah, I bet I just threw you on that one, didn't I? If you're in the world of Hobie and you have Hobie pedals, um, you know all about inserting, or if you've shopped for it, you've seen how you insert the pedals down into the center of the kayak. The Bixby is designed to fit in that center hole. And it's a it's a little motor. It has a prop on it, and it has like a, a tunnel on the back of that. So the prop is protected, but it's used to shoot water through it to, to basically, <laughs> I think 12 miles an hour, which is about the fastest I've ever seen anything battery powered on water. Um, it is, they call it the outboard-inboard because you can drop it into the kayak, but you can also mount it on the stern. They have they have lots of different mounts available for every different kayak, out, every type of kayak out there, all different models of kayak that allow you to put it on the back like a little outboard motor. It can be raised out of the water, put down in the water. You can also add like a broomstick handle to it so you can steer it with a tiller if you don't want to um, uh, use your rudder that you might already have on your kayak, like in the case of the Hobie. Um, so it's a really interesting kit. The battery is small and lasts for, I think he said six hours at, a, at medium speed. So there's tons of battery life on this thing. Um, the way, And there's an extra battery, of course. Uh, on the Hobie, we have the, you know, well, most people in the kayak, you've got the seat and there's a little bit of room under the seat. The battery actually will fit under the seat of the Hobie. Uh, but it's Bixby is what it's called, B-I-X-B-Y. Uh, in my mind, I don't mind pedaling. But I t- generally pedal far. <laughs> you wind up fishing far away and then you gotta go home. And that pedal back is awful. I would love to have this on board as a kid. It's not very big. And be able to pop those um, pedals out, drop this in place, and then kick back and have a bottle of water, a beer. A sandwich whatever as you mosey on back under power i think that would be wonderful at the end of the day also storms come up you can you can get yourself back a lot quicker than you can pedal so things like that uh so it might be worth looking into um but it's called bixby so check them out online before i go i want to brag about the people that sponsor me take care of me waypoint tv the the uh the company that i actually am able to do my podcast with um They have become a leading destination now for outdoor entertainment. Uh, They have 150 million connected devices for television. They have 1 billion minutes of streamed data, (laughs) 1,000-plus hours of content. Um, I'm reading off the spec sheet here. It's just absolutely amazing to me. It's become the latest way that people watch sports on television. And it's available on just about anything that you can possibly think of. They're even building it into television. Uh, Samsung Plus, I understand now, has a a Waypoint button on it, basically, when you buy a Samsung TV. And that's true for a lot of other stuff. And it's available through a lot of different outlets. Podcasts, which I'm involved with, we have 100 plus available podcasts out there, podcasters out there. Um, They're two million unique listeners, subject matter experts for brand that's us, introductions and interviews. We also have all kinds of, when I go out and listen to my fellow folks that are out there, it's amazing the diversity of people that we have available on Waypoint. And what's also cool about it, it's available for free access on all major podcast outlets. So Matt, you don't have, you can listen to Waypoint on Waypoint, that'd be great, but you don't have to. If you want to go to Apple, want to go to Spotify, you can listen to on, on any podcast thing that, that happens to be your favorite location. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm really Really, really happy with my relationship with Waypoint, and I'd like for you all to take a listen, not only to me, but to a lot of other people that are doing great podcasts there. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend and leave a review. My podcast is scheduled for each and every Tuesday. Catch Outdoors is presented by the Waypoint Podcast Network and is available on Waypoint and by many of your favorite podcast providers. The Facebook page is Catch Outdoors website, WaypointTV.com and catchoutdoors.com. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy.